I'm Rob. I'm E. Yeah, and I'm Midas. Welcome to the next movement. <laughs> right. Look, we are right. from when we couldn't sleep at night. Looping songs in the key of life. Yeah. Lately, I done seen a spike. That mean I'm moving right. I'm knowing something that I'm soon to write is due to strike. I'm counting on my road dog like Billy Gunn. He said you got the skill of pun, no silly puns. They miss me, bro, that industry shit show can miss me, though. I'll go into the sick, get cold, or use Da Vinci codes. In my Pepsi pose, I'm princely like a principal. In this here, Ric Flair wristwear on principle. That's where the Prince Po. You know what's up, I'm showing up through Clint Smoke. I'm ghost on microphones, no fingerprints show. Bespoke suits, he spoke truth, no misquote shoes. How his moves so resemble most dudes. Consumed with being whom they toast to. When glasses clink, they confused. He win when he ain't supposed to. And flash awake. Never was the first to act and last to think. These is Dead Sea Scrolls wrote in long-lasting ink. I'm at the log cabin like Dylan Mack. Yeah. Trying hard to suppress the super villain laugh. <laughs> Niggas know the half that's revealing math. I'm the pastor they trash. I, I can heal in mass. Midas the Beast. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, yes. Yeah, love, yeah. love, love. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Of mm-hmm. course. On drop day, no doubt. Yeah, right? Yeah. How'd you pull that off, man? It's just <laughs> luck of the draw, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, my man Jerry Graham was on was on his was on his game. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> How has it felt today on release day? Um, honestly, man, it's felt amazing. Um, it's felt amazing. You know, I think when I was just telling my man Fells on the phone, like, you work on these projects, and you know, I, I still come from the old school of how we create music. You know what I mean, and how we labor over it and toil over it you know what i'm saying like if it wasn't for that we could put a i could put a I, i'd create so much we could put a project out every month mm-hmm. but we we don't because we uh you know what we got to move that we got to switch it like we go crazy about mm-hmm. all this shit. with that being said i've been listening to i mean we this this album to me this music that everybody just got today this stuff is two years old mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so like this is old music to me so like yeah it's weird that it's in other people's hands and not in mine anymore. Um, and then like my opinions of it are are kind of shaped by just how long I've had it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I'm hearing people say shit like, yo, I love this song. And that's I'm like, word, this is, y'all like this shit? <laughs> so it's just, it's, but it's dope, man. It feels really good. I'm feeling good energy around it. You know what I mean? I know. I, I'm constantly trying to put something out there that's a little bit different into the hemisphere and then, you know, there's I think there's two Jesus Christ, my bad. The uh cool. the, the gold chain, uh shout out to the chain, but the chain chat is lit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mad text messages are going through. So nah, but um if if you know it it's it's one of those things where like, you know, to me in the in the indie sphere uh, sphere, there's like there's the Griselda world, right? And like shit yeah. that sound like that. And then there's like, you know, more traditional boom bap mm-hmm. and shit that sound like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then there's like, you know, weird shit, <laughs> you know? 
And I don't want to be in none of them fucking categories. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't, I, like, I, I feel like the shit we do is too cool to be weird. So we don't want to do that. And then, like, you know, I never sold no drugs. So I guess I can't do the Griselda thing. And then, you know, um, I also don't want to sound like it's 1996. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. we, we're, we're, we're working on kind of creating the sound that, that we live in and the universe that, that we play in that, that you know if you like some of those things you 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 should like this but it's not that yeah. that's kind of the, the energy that, that we're on yeah mm. for sure yeah i think that comes through especially in this project let's yeah. talk about this project the devil's playground yeah. that's the name of the name of the album i want to just talk about the title for a second like yeah i, I want to ask you like what is the devil's playground it sounds like it could be a number of things on this project it's the record industry it's mass incarceration it's poverty mm -hmm. it's it's our own minds it's maybe you as a rapper like but i'm curious to, to hear you uh your thoughts about it yeah the devil's playground was um so it came from a couple different things um i was i i got sick last year uh sick in 2019 i got i, I got lymphoma mm. so i was in the hospital for like 31 days um i had stage three lymphoma I had just, I don't know if you guys are familiar with my 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 big bro Peyton Locke, rest in peace Peyton Locke. Mm. Um Peyton Locke died of cancer. That's that and that's my man. Um and then my other man, shout out my brother Arson Fist, uh had lymphoma like a bunch of people I knew at the at the same time mm. type of shit, right? So like yeah. and, um and then I and then I got uh lymphoma. So I'm sick and I'm I'm in the I'm in the hospital for 31 days. And I, we, we, I, this is right around the time when we we're getting ready to put out where the sidewalk ends. Like where the sidewalk ends was going to drop in the month that I went to the hospital. I actually mm. had to push it back a month so I could be sick. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but we were already, you know, like I was already like the, the sidewalk album had been done. So I, I was already starting to think about the next album and what that was going to sound like after this, you know, where the sidewalk ends, all that. So, um, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands when I was in the hospital because I was not, I was in the hospital. I wasn't doing nothing. Uh, this is um, 2020, so COVID hadn't hit yet. I was in the hospital in January, hmm. um, the whole month of January, and then the beginning of February, I started chemo. So, you know, I was in the hospital going, man, I'm bored as hell. I wish I had something to do. So I'm reaching out to Delhi like, yo, send me beats, bro. And I'm writing in, in the hospital. I'm a big podcast listener. Um, and I was listening to a podcast with um Chuck Klosterman. Mm -hmm. Uh and uh Chuck Klosterman was talking about the the death of boredom in society mm. and how boredom is a thing that sparked a lot of innovation, you know, throughout history. Like a lot of the best ideas come from people sitting around being fucking bored. Right? Yeah. And the now society's in a place where we're where we have so much to do and there's so much um, that our brains are focused on that we never have time, excuse me, to be bored. So now I'm afflicted with nothing but time because I'm in the hospital, right? And I'm like, yo, that's kind of a wild thought. Like we were, I was just listening to this pod about how like nobody has time to think and now I have nothing but time to think, mm -hmm. right? And then add to that, I get out the hospital to do my chemo and it's, and it's COVID. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like I got nothing but time to think for like seven yeah. months. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like 
for mad time because I, you know, I was doing, I was on COVID and chemo simultaneously, like life. So that's kind of where the idea came from because an idle mind is the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, um, mm-hmm. and I had a, I had nothing but an idle mind. I was, I had nothing but time on my hands. And I was like, yo, I just want to, I just want to write about all the wild, like, ill, crazy shit that I'm thinking about. Like, that's also taking my mind off of my, my situation at hand. Yeah. So the title just really came from, like, I felt like it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to have real wild ass, weird ass thoughts because I have this idle mind. Mm. And that's where mm. the idea came from. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you sharing that. I'm, I'm really glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. Thank Sounds you. Sounds like that was a rough time. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was it was the least fun thing I've done in my thirty something <laughs> years. But um, I will say this though, like you know, one of the things that, like, I'm built for war. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I feel like if you approach life like you built for war, like you're gonna do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was I was in pain, but I wasn't concerned. You know what I mean, and I wasn't concerned because I'm out here, man. Like, I, I remember telling my uh my home my homeboy like he's like, "Yo, bro, you you feeling all right?" Like, nigga, yeah, nigga, it's Midas. The fuck are we talking about? <laughs> Great, bro. Like, beast. Yeah. Fuck. But it was that mentality though. You know what I'm right. saying? Of like, nah, bro, we gonna be all right. Let's let's rock. Send me the beat. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know what I mean? So like that that was the energy. So, but I appreciate that. I'm 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 have, I'm feeling good. I'm three years in remission. So we good. Mm. All right. Glad yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you mentioned the beats. This is your, I think, third project. Is that right? With Deli Digger? Yeah, with, with Deli, yeah. What keeps you coming back? Like, what is it about his production that Damn. makes you want to work with him? Deli's the illest. Um, I call him my alchemist. Hmm. Like, that's my personal alchemist. You know what I'm hmm. saying? Like, I like how lucky am I to have a guy who makes beats like that? And, you know, he, we, I, he just works with me. Like, we just work with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's. Yeah. It's a ill, it's a ill brotherhood that, and I've never met him in person. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I talk to him every day, but you know, I never met him in person. Type of deal. He, um, you know, I think where the synergy really comes from is there's a a Steve that, even from when I was doing AU, my first album, there was a Steve that I wanted to be on that I didn't have the right uh, producer to be on that Steve. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because and and I've and I've never worked with anything but ill producers. I mean, I I I think I've I've always been blessed with ill production. But the steed that I wanted to be on, I didn't have the right producer for the steed. And what I mean by that is like, you know, producers we want to do their thing. You know what I'm saying? And like you know, and like I I I need space, bro. Like this is part of the reason why. I ain't got no features on none of my shit. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like I need space, bro. Like I need space. I, you know, I'm 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 kind of a producer in the sense that I I, I be having a vision for what I want to do with these with these projects and shit. Mm. So like, um, that's why I ended up doing Loops, the Loops project and Loops Two, on myself because I just was like, yo, I wanna I wanna do this sound, and I don't know nobody who's able to do it for me, so I'm just gonna do it. And then I met Delhi, and Delhi had the sensibility of like, he he knew that sound that I was doing on loops, loops and loops too, but like he could actually produce it. Like I couldn't produce it. I could just like fake it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he could do it. 
<laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, you get it. Like, you see what I'm fucking trying to do here. Yeah. Like, so like, because like on loops too, like it's just a bunch, like all I did was loop up samples and rhyme on them. But like, I would have ideas like, yo, I should, I wish it could drop right here that I could bring it, but I don't know how to do none of that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, for all the loops on loops too, it's straight loops. They just loop. But like Deli could do that. He could get the essence of that, but then produce it. Yeah. And that's where I was like, fuck, this is what I've been looking for, bro. So like mm. we 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 got a synergy as far as like what the where there's like a, a a symmetry that we sit on, like a line that we sit on of like understanding of like, yeah, this this the this the sound that 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 we both we both was looking for. Mm. He was looking for, he was looking for me and I was looking for him. So mm. that's that's and we found each other by hook or by crook. So that's that's kind of how the thing is with Delhi. We 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 got more on deck, but that's that's how it goes with with, with me and him. Hmm. I was listening to an interview that you did with, I believe it's called Out the Box podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it sounds like you and Delhi have a free flowing process. Like there's no pressure to walk away with a new album when you're creating. You make songs together, and things just organically happen from there. So with that being said, I wondered if you could walk us through how the Devil's Playground came about like from a structural perspective and and like how did what did it look like when you were putting the album together oh that's a phenomenal question so didn't know what i i usually don't know what i'm working on as far as in the constructs of like a project until mm -hmm. i'm a few songs into it or conversely like i usually get artwork really early in the game artwork like i'll come up with a, a title and then I'll, and then like, I'll get artwork. Like right when I get the title, I'll go find, I'll go get artwork or I'll have an idea for artwork. And that might, that might shape, you know, what I'm trying to do. Like usually the artwork will give me like a little bit of an outline and for, all right, this the sound. Cause it's like, I think the way I like to create music is like, I want to paint a picture or I want to, I want to, I want to tell a story over, over a background. Right. So mm. like, here's this, this sample. What does this sample feel like? What is it telling me? If this was a movie, what would this movie scene be? What would be happening in this movie if this if this sample was playing or if this beat was playing, what would be happening in the movie? And then my job is to tell you what's happening in the movie, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I think another part of that is the art because it's like, okay, this picture, you're looking at this picture. What is this picture telling you? What is What is the feeling of this picture? How can you describe this picture or how could you describe the feeling that the picture gives you, right? So I say that to say uh, early in the process, I had the idea to call it the Devil's Playground from what I was telling you guys. So the title mm -hmm. came first. We knew from coming out of Where the Sidewalk Ends, uh, the, the last song on Where the Sidewalk Ends is called um, uh, Midnight Society. Um, and we were, uh, when we did Midnight Society, that's when we... We did a bunch of songs before Midnight Society and doing Midnight Society is when we were like, oh shit, that's the sound right there. Mm. Like, okay, word. Like we was we was working on it, but we we just hit it. So then I told Deli, like, yo, moving on, every album we do needs to be like one energy the whole way through. So like mm. I told him that I wanted the whole next album to be a whole album of Midnight Societies. Like I want Midnight Society 10 times, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to just, just dive into that energy. Like, 
and you come in, you come over here, you're gonna get like this this dark shit for 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 thirty minutes, and then you know we did eighty four, eighty seven. You come over there, you get this this fun shit for 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 whatever. But like whatever's the energy, like that's the energy for the whole shit. I don't yeah. want to do no more compilation albums where it's this feeling, mm-hmm. and then it's that feeling, and nah, this whole album is this feeling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's kind of something that we um. We'll talk about that too when we talk about this grave digger shit. There's a reason why that ties in. But uh so yeah, so how it basically came together then in the in the creative process was we were working on 8487, The Devil's Playground, the next album. All this shit was happening simultaneously. So basically what we do is we just he sends beats and then I just make the songs and then some of those songs we go, I think that might fit Devil's Playground. Mm-hmm. Or Ah, that sound more like some 8487 shit. Or okay. That sound more like, you know, um, the next album and shit like that. Like we like right now on our like right now, there's five album titles that are existing. Wow. And like we just do songs and this goes in that pot, this goes in that pot, this goes hmm. in that pot. And then once we get like six, seven songs in a pot, then it's like, okay. This is this is what we're doing over here, and then yeah. it turns into me and him fucking arguing and fighting about what songs stay and which ones don't. Mm. Which half of the length of time it took to put out this project versus from where the sidewalk ends was just fighting over the fucking track list. Making Illmatic <laughs> is also your life. It's not just the podcast. Series yo, that... yo, yo, seriously, <laughs> because because we care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, like. And Delhi, you know what's funny? I care. Like I think, I think I'm the most caring rapper, dude. Cause like I know a lot of MCs and shit. And like a lot of times, motherfuckers don't be caring like that. Like you know, yeah. like not, not like that. Not like that. Like not, not like fight you to the death over like you know one <laughs> shit. But like I'm kind of that guy. Delhi cares more than me, mm. and I thought I cared at an insane amount. And like we'll. We'll get on the we'll get on the horn or we'll get in a video chat and we'll fucking have a knockdown drag out for like two hours about like, yo, so we need to put this song on there, bro. And he's like, nah, I don't hear that one. And I'm like, damn, you killing me, bro. Like, and then we're making fucking side deals. Like, all right, so listen, we'll put that one on there. But that other shit gotta come off. Bro. <laughs> like, and we, you know, so it's funny, like the album that you guys end up with, you know, like me and Daddy was talking about this the other day. If I had my wits about me, there might be three or four different songs on there mm. than what's on there. And then if he had his wits about him, there might be three or four different songs on there. These are songs that are on there are the ones that we agreed on. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I can live with that one. All right. <laughs> So we good. So that's kind of how that's how these shits come together. You obviously get through it if you if you keep coming back and working with each other. Yeah, I mean, because when you listen to it, it still sounds fire. Like I, yeah, I, say, I listened to it today, man. I was some of my man fouls, and I'm like, because now I can be a little disassociated from it, um, and just listen to it. Like, yeah, hold it up, hold it up on Spotify, and I just listened, and I was like, holy shit! Like this sounds like a real album. <laughs> <laughs> like the making of it would make me feel like it's not that, right, but it's, right. this sounds this sounds like a this sounds like we did this on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, yeah, nah, it's fire, it's fire. Mm. Now, when Delhi sends you beats, he sends you the finished product versus like just like the loop or basic structure of a song, right? Yeah, he's different. So I, I've got like four main producers that I work with, right, and they mm-hmm. all moved very differently. So. Mm. 
there's Deli Digger, there's uh, my brother Sharp, uh, who I did uh, live nigga rap with last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad Day at Black Rock. And that, that, I work with them the most. And then I have, um, you know, my brother Zarism, um, my brother I Make Mad Beats, my brother Okito. So like I have a a, 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 a squad of producers for different things that I'm that I'm doing and you know, whatever. Delhi sends fully realized ideas through. Yeah. That's not normal. That's not what I normally would get, right? Like, so like, you know, like when me and I make mad beats create, I'm usually writing a verse while he's making the beat. Mm-hmm. Like we're creating simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Or he'll send me a he'll send me the most bare bones version of the loop ever. And then I'll create and then he'll build around that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's mm-hmm. how we would do it. Yeah. Uh Sharp will send me a um a beat. It's a finished Sharp will send me a finished beat. It's just a beat running. Yeah. It'll right. be a crazy beat, but it'll just be a beat running. Delhi sends, it's got all the sa- it's got all the samples, it's got all the drops, it's got all the ins and outs. It's got all of that by the time I hear it the first time. <laughs> so like so, so like including like the vocal samples, like people talking oh yeah. that he sampled. That's incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean more or less, but yeah. Wow. Cause like, the, so like, if you listen to the album, some of that stuff is stuff that I added. Okay. Right. Like I'll get it and then I'll add some stuff. Yeah. But like more or less, it comes pretty fully realized. So what he'll do is he'll send me to be it's, and this is part of me and his beef and struggle of putting fucking songs together. He sends me this fully realized ass idea. I don't think he looks at matter of fact, I know he doesn't look at it as fully realized. But it mm-hmm. sounds fully realized. Like if I played you any of those beats, like the first beat I came through, you'd be like, all right, this is the done ass beat. Like this is the song. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he'll send it like that. And then I'll create to that. It's mm-hmm. also part of the reason why like a lot of the songs are so short. He sends them short, but they're fully, they're fully, he'll send me a, a minute and nine or a minute and, and, and 48 seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's got an intro, it's got an outro, it has mm-hmm. drops, it has all this shit. So I write to that, right? And then uh, I'll send him the Pro Tools session. But what he does is he then goes in and he creates what he calls a demo from what I sent him. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes what he does, which drives me crazy, is he'll go and just rearrange all types of shit. And I'm like, bro, it was already a full-ass idea. <laughs> That's what I wrote to. This yeah. whole full, full fucking ass idea. But that's what kind of makes it fun because sometimes he does that and I'm like, oh, that's way fire what you just did. Like, yeah, holy shit. And sometimes I'm like, bro, change it back. Like, just put it put it back to that other shit. But that's kind of what keeps it fun with him and I creating. But now nah, he sends fully. He He's the only producer I've ever did that I've ever worked with that sends like full ass. I mean, it's got all kinds of shit going on by the time I hear it. So I'm like, when do you have time to do all that shit? Bro? Like, I don't even understand. But yeah, does that affect your creative process at all? Like, when you when you are writing to something that sounds fully finished to you versus like, I can't remember the name of the producer you were talking about, but you're sort of like working alongside this person. Yeah, when well, you operate. I mean, Matt Beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just different, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't say better or worse. It's different. What I would say, uh, what's cool about what 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 works with working with Delhi in that sense is that because we have the same sensibility, right? Mm-hmm. And because we have the same ear for 
the flavor and mm-hmm. and the, and the, and, the, and, the, and what we're like the sound that we're trying to create like even though it's a fully realized idea i've he he gives me the space like i the space is there mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what i need is i need the space yeah you know, i'm saying a lot of shit you know it's a mix between i'm saying a lot of shit but then i've got this husky voice you know what i mean so like yeah i need space bro like i need space and like i i do get the space you know what i mean so as long as i have the space i'm i'm good to go and as long as the music is for lack of a better term cinematic because i need the what i need is the music to make me look up and go what does this sound like you know mm-hmm. like one of my mm-hmm. creative tricks is i'll i'll send the beat to my mother and i'll ask her uh hey listen to this beat and tell me what it sound like to you right and my mom will be like this sounds like a cafe in switzerland and i'll be like word <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the song you know yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah yeah a cafe in switzerland you know what i mean and then yeah that, that might that might set off like the the ideas you know what i mean because like yeah and i'm and i might not write about a cafe in switzerland but what i'm now gonna do is write about what it feels like to be at a cafe in switzerland mm, yeah. mm-hmm. so like you as a listener might not even never know that a cafe in switzerland had anything to do with it but like that's what shaped the discourse that goes on in the record. You know what I'm saying? It's like just trying to get that picture. I, I think about, you know, one of the, two of my favorite, my my favorite rap album of all time is only only built for Cuban links. Mm. Um, two of the records on Cuban links that constantly inspire me over and over and over and over and over are uh, Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the emotion in Heaven and Hell is out of control. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's a song that you could put on at any time and I, and it would it would raise the hairs on my arm mm-hmm. and, give, and give me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. The way it comes in with the singing, ooh, ooh, tay, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> soon as it comes in, I'm like, oh shit, bro! Like mm-hmm. this shit, <laughs> this shit is it, just the whole sound of that record is mesmerizing to every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Every time I hear it, it doesn't. It's been thirty years. Every time I hear it, I'm like. Fuck, bro, this shit is heavy as mm. shit, mm. you know. And then these guys, what do you believe in, heaven or hell? It's just, mm-hmm. it just does something, right? But so that record, put that record over here, and then also, um, uh, rainy days, right? Yeah, so like the 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 soundscape of rainy days. It's got the it's got the the thunderstorm happening, mm-hmm. right? It's got mm-hmm. that. It's got that singing, and it just sounds like, what fucking movie am I watching, bro? Yeah. Like, what yeah. movie is this? Right. Yeah, and RZA, yeah. RZA, RZA was really the first producer that I ever heard that made songs sound like movies to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's funny because like a lot of my guys are big. I'm a RZA guy. A lot of my guys are Primo guys. Mm. Um, so we used to get into like, yo man, think RZA ain't fucking with Primo. You know what I'm saying? We used to get into them arguments and shit, and like. Primo's the goat and shit. Like I, you know, it's DJ fucking premiere. But like, I love the cinematic approach, man. I love the visual. So yeah. like, I love I love a hard hip hop beat. Like mm-hmm. I love it for that sake. But I also like I like. But I'm a storyteller and I like stories. And yeah, you know, a a, a, a traditional hip hop beat doesn't always tell me a story. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like, yeah. you hear that, uh, and that, and then. Oh shit! Like I'm, I'm seeing this. You know what I mean. So that's kind of yeah. what's that's 
That's that's been those two songs are songs that that have like the emotion and the story. Yeah, like, that's always what I'm trying to you know put together to create my shit. Well, you're talking about telling stories, and uh, I want to just talk a little bit about some of the lyrics on the Devil's Playground, or like yeah. your approach to the lyricism. You make several religious references in your lyrics throughout the album. I assume when I hear it that that was intentional. It builds this connection to the theme, Devil's Playground. But I wondered if you could talk a bit about the process of incorporating those references into songs where you're not necessarily talking about spiritual or religious things. Yeah, um, it might have been a happy accident. Okay. Um, I, 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 I truly, I, I wasn't, you know what's funny, bro? Like, I believe everything happens the way it's supposed to, you know? It's God's, it's God's work. You know what I'm saying? One of the one of my uh one of my big things that I talk about with with writing is like, yo, I'll write these rhymes, bro, and then like, some yo, a lot of times I'll listen to it and I'll be like, who wrote that shit? <laughs> Woo, that shit is fire. It be feeling yo on some real shit. It be feeling I be feeling disassociated with it mm. than a motherfucker. Like mm. I don't be remembering like where did the ideas come? From? Yo, I was driving. On the way here, I'm trying to get here in time so I can jump on the pod. And I'm listening to the joint on Spotify. And I'm listening to um, Wait and Water was on because I'm, I'm listening to the album. So Wait and Water comes on. And there's a line on Wait and Water that says, um, oh, man, what was the... There was some line on Wait and Water that I just heard that I was like, oh, that's what I said? <laughs> oh, shit, that's crazy. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that's what I said. Like... For the last six months, that's not the line that I thought I was even saying myself. And I was like, that even makes more sense than what I thought I was than what I thought I was saying. And it there's a disassociation with it. So like honestly, like I be feeling like it's a um uh, I used to tell my man this the the writing is kind of like a divine intervention, bro. Like it's almost mm -hmm. like you sit down and then like you fucking black out and then like well there's a joint. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh yeah. shit! Like, mm. where did this come? But it like it sounds kind of bugged out, but it be like that. No, like, no, no, yeah, that's real. <laughs> it, it, be, it be like that, bro. I got a I got a verse that I did on a feature where I said I'm trying to score a feature from the Midas from my old shit, cause I'm like, yo, I be listening to old verses like, Woo, this thing is crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought about who who wrote that? Like, how can I find that nigga? Like, that's crazy. So I, I don't, you know, but but to that point though, it's a happy accident. Like, you're right, there is a lot of that throughout the record. Wasn't done on purpose, but it worked out that way. Like, you know, we and it went even in the selecting and fighting and pushing and pulling of putting those records together, that wasn't considered. You know what I mean? Wow. But like it just then it works out that way. Divine intervention. Yeah, 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 for sure. On that same interview that you did with Out the Box, you yeah. were talking a little bit about album structure and how you believe that one song on a given project typically defines a whole body of work. So yeah. if that's the case, what song sums up The Devil's Playground? Oh, man. See, this is tough because there's two different records that sum it up to me. Mm. Um, and for different reasons. Okay. So... So it would be 1A and 1B. There's definitely one that's more pronounced than the other, but I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention the other as well. So it's Voices. 
Dark skies during hard times, someone's lost souls. Have I lost mine? It was start time, I was offline. Will it cost mine? Feeling chalk line, feeling tossed aside. I ain't marching line, it was torture. I wasn't taught to survive. I just walked inspired by what talks inside, hearing voices. I was in, I was just telling this story the other day. I was in the Bronx with, with Sharp and Deli had sent the pack through and her voices was in that pack. And I remember being like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, that's, it was a Midnight Society moment. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, bro. Like that's the fucking, that's the sound right there. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I ended up not writing voices until a couple of weeks later, which is not normal. I try to, I try to write stuff quick, right when I get it. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, so I could get my first idea down. You know what I'm saying? I don't like mm -hmm. to wait on, you know, and I, I won't listen to a beat a lot of times. Like, so one weird quirk uh, is sometimes more often than not, I'll listen to a beat a few times. And then when I actually start to write, I'll turn it off and I just kind of remember it and right. know, I'll write to it that way because I, I, I want the beat to still sound fresh to me for idea purposes, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the, throughout the process. So like, or, or I might turn it really low or like I might turn it off and then turn it off for a second just to feel it again and to turn mm -hmm. it back on. Like I'd be doing all those kind of tricks, but like for, for, uh, voices like i listened to it the first time i was like oh that's crazy and then like i didn't listen to it again for like two weeks and mm -hmm. then when i came in here turned it on it was like yeah and i think voices is the defining um track just from a soundscape i mean mm -hmm. that's that's my that's the closest i'm getting to my heaven and hell mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. okay um, you know on this record the other one is smoke it's for the cracks in the pave, the kids in the windows, for the still air we stare when the wind blows, disposed shades of gray, grim tones, we get one shot and call broken rims goals, Mr. Chance to soak so skin glows, instead laugh by the nose, up in intense road against those odds you may as well whip in Flintstone cars, we can never call a gemstone ours. Hard to blame the God when his home's ours And they scoff at what he wrote from stunted growth All he know in the smoke I think smoke is gonna be the joint on this record That's probably gonna go under the radar uh, A little bit But I wish I would do a whole album of smokes Like that, that the vibe on smoke is When Deli, Deli played me that Deli called me and played me that sample over the phone hmm. He didn't even play me the beat He said yo peep this record I just found he plays the sample and I said, hang up the phone, make the beat, and I will talk to you later. He goes, I don't know if I'm gonna make it today. I said, you will make it today. I will be sitting here waiting patiently for it to come through. And what he sent through was even crazier than what I imagined as far as how he put it together from what I heard as the sample. And, um, or from what I heard from the original loop when he, when he was playing it. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, smoke's just got that. Again, it's got us. It's got the cinema to it, but mm -hmm. it's also got the airiness and the goosebumps. So, I think any any record on this album that achieves like the the goosebumps, um, just in sound, um, for for me, are the records that define the the, the album.
when I heard you say that on the interview, I was so curious to ask you about The Devil's Playground. And those two songs make sense to me. Okay, all right. Yeah. And and here's the funny shit, though. Deli would have two different songs. <laughs> I, well, he'd have one different song. He'd, he'd agree with voices. I'm sure that he would yeah. agree with voices. I'm, po- I'm positive he would agree with voices. I think okay. between myself, Deli, and Yo-Yo, who's, my video- who's our videographer who does, does our videos and put together the artwork he didn't draw it but he put together the artwork um so we're kind of the brain trust of the album i guess you could say uh yo-yo voices would be his pick as well but i also think that if delhi had a 1b it would be playground mm. i think i, I think that delhi, would be mine yeah i think yeah i think, think delhi would pick playground that would um, be mine um, so that's 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 how we pull and struggle for all that but yeah yeah all. Okay. Well, speaking of Playground, I wanted to ask about some of the lyrics on this song. And I'm going to yeah. say them really slow because I'm 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 probably going to trip up if I do it fast. It's, it's um, okay. And please correct me if I'm I wrong. I hate, for the record, I said this yeah. in my live stream last night, for the record, I hate any time that I have to rhyme 3-4. Hmm. Like, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. <laughs> I never want to do it. All producers that send me beats that are not that are three, four, I want to like fight them physically <laughs> because they're not enjoyable for me to write to. Uh, You're not Deli, trying to rhyme over walls? Nah, bro, I'm not trying to do it. <laughs> Deli just lucked up, and he knows this too. He knows I hate these shits. Yeah. He just lucked up because that joint is fire. Yeah, it is. But then also like, you know, it's got the playground set, and I'm like, okay, so like, I gotta do this song. Because it yeah. was later in the process. We were already, it's the Devil's Playground, like, mm-hmm. we already knew that when we when we did that joint. Like, he, he, you know, we already had that in the can. So, I'm like, it is called the Devil's Playground. The beat does say fucking playground, like, <laughs> I guess I have to do this song. Yeah. So, uh, but it turned out it's one of you know it's one of our favorite joints on the record. Yeah, it's it's one of my for sure. But there's one line you say um, on this song that I want to ask about. And again, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but I heard my conclusion is my seclusiveness seemed too much for the music biz. So rose a middle finger to the shit. I was too legit. Yeah. So I wonder if that, you could talk more, more about that's more or less. The, look, you saying it, I'm like. It's probably fucking pretty close to the shit, I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah, because you 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 said that you write and you just and once it's out there, it's out there, and you're just kind of like, I said what I said, right? Yeah, I'm not editing. Not yeah, not, not off. Like, there's very little editing. Like, yeah, kind of just kind of free associative thought, and we out. But yeah. yeah, I mean that that um that whole that whole song. Playground for me, that whole record, if you look, if you look at the lyrics to that whole record, I was listening to it today and I'm thinking to myself, damn, this is a super anti-industry record. Right yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about like, I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not trying to be down with, with all this shit. Um, but, you know, just going to that specific line, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder a bit because, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is, there's going to be some wild statements I'm going to make in this soliloquy I'm going through right here. So just run with me for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm like one of the nicest MCs in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm like, I I listen to rap music like everybody else does. And I'm like, these motherfuckers ain't better than me, bro. Like, you're <laughs> fucking crazy. Like, and, and, and I'm on Twitter and I'm on IG and I see the, 
the the rappers that everybody's fucking falling over their sneakers about and shit. And I'm like, really? That did him? Are you, yeah, he, he cool. Like that's all right, you know. But like, <laughs> did y'all did y'all hear did y'all hear this? Like, did y'all hear? Did you hear what I was doing on '84? Like, no. not to, not to disrespect this motherfucker, but like, maybe you would not exalt him so high if you heard this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. That's kind of been you know. So I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, and like you know, a part of it is just being candid. My rap career has done this, but part of why it's done that, like my biggest fans are artists, you know? I don't have the huge fan base of fans, right? Yeah. But I have a huge fan base of luminaries. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we could yeah. sit, sit here and have a whole conversation about a who's who of industry people that are the biggest Midas fans ever, mm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but so the chip on my shoulder is, Motherfucker, if Ono is saying that this is the illest motherfucker alive, how are you not understanding that this is the illest <laughs> motherfucker alive? Like, that's that's where some of the chip on my shoulder come from, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, I feel the need sometimes to just let it be known. Like, you know, some people, I, I got I got some friends, they're like, yo, you mad cocky. I'm like, bro, if I'm not screaming it, nobody's screaming it. Mm. So... Yeah, I gotta be outside waving this fucking flag of like, bro, look at me, like I'm out here, like, right. Yeah. Don't forget about what I'm doing because if I don't scream it, nobody's screaming it, and right. I, and I and I think it's worth being screamed, right? You know what I'm saying, yeah. so like that's that's the so playground is kind of one of them records of like, yo, bro, like, nah, like I don't even want to play y'all game no more. Mm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I don't want to be, you know, I'll keep it a buck, man. Like there's so many parts of like this indie rap shit that is just corny to me. Uh, and I just, you know, I'm like, I don't want no parts of that shit. Like the the yeah. real, pardon, uh, pardon a, a different way to say it, but the real nigga in me don't want no parts of this stupid shit. But like, it's like, it's the game that you gotta play because it's right. the game you gotta play, right. you know? But like, I just wanna do fly shit, bro, and have, you know, and have, have, uh, have people find it and fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I'm enamored by like, if I were to, you know what I mean? Like I got all these records over here and shit, right? Like all these, all these records and shit. So like, I'm enamored by the idea of like, I could walk over there and I could grab this record. Yeah. Like, that's somebody's life's work. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and it's, I'm not grabbing the Marvin Gaye record, like somebody that everybody knows I'm grabbing this random record. Like nobody knows this guy. But that's somebody's life work. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that that what I'm holding is 60 years ago. This was the most important thing that dude ever did. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. that that shit is powerful to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I I do music with the idea that first of all, my music is the most important thing that I that I that I've done that I do. I don't have children, right? So it's my it's my legacy. It's my most important creation, right? So. Mm -hmm. You know, this this music for me, it's more than just like album of the year or where does this album sit on the album of the year list and like what DJs are playing on their mix shows and like, you know, who's reposting it. Like it's not, it's like that, all of that shit is, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, it, it makes my skin crawl. It's just that I know you got to play the game to, to be in the game. Right. But, uh, Playground is kind of a song of fuck all that shit. Like, we're yeah. just going to do this over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
another track that I really dig on this project is Juice. Um, and you say, <laughs> and you say something on here that kind of made me stop for a little bit. And I was like, I wonder if this is true. You rhyme. I got maybe a few years and then my feet up. Won't watch my legacy take a hit, get beat up. Yeah. So how much is that is of that is true? Have oh, you really considered retirement? Well, not, or, not like really, but like, you know, I'm writing this album in the hospital. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm literally dying. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, at, yeah, least, yeah, as, yeah. at least, at least as far as I knew yeah. at the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I'm in, yeah. you know, I'm in there. Like I think juice was one of the joints that I was writing in the hospital. So like, I don't know what, I, I don't know what, what's coming up. I don't know what we doing next. I don't know how yeah, long, yeah. You know, we got and shit. And then like, you know, I, I will tell you one of the things coming out of, um, um, uh, you know, even though I'm in remission, one of the things that has happened since I've been, since I got sick was mm -hmm. just, you, you think a lot more about mortality and you know, how long we have. And like, I started doing like the logistics to it on some like, okay, so my grandfather died when he was 75. My other grandfather died when he was 73. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. You know, like, maybe I'm between somewhere between 70 and 78, you know, like you start doing the, just the yeah. raw logistics of it. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, if that's the case, you know, I'm 38, I might got 40 years or, you know, left. And of those 40, I probably have 20 where I could be lit. You know what I'm saying? So like <laughs> I started doing all the math to that shit. And I'm like, yo, I don't know how many years of being outside and being a hella active recording artist I have, you know what I'm saying? I know, yeah. I know, I know I'll be writing, you know, forever, but like, I don't know how I, you know, I don't know how long of being, cause part of being a, 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 a artist is I gotta be outside. I don't know. I don't know how many years I'm gonna be outside. Right. So like, <laughs> right, right, um, right. So that, that's where kind of that line came from. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, even going back to playground, this is a theme that's probably on the record a lot too which is, uh, you know, now, 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 now. Like, yo, mm. uh, basically what I was just saying a minute ago, I'm not gonna let motherfuckers just be like, yeah, it's this guy and it's this guy and it's this guy, he's the best. I'm like, no, nigga, me, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm not gonna, so when I say not, not, not gonna let my legacy take a hit or getting beat up, because mm -hmm. I know, I know, I know, you know, whether it's on a big scale or not, I know what I, what I added on to this game that we're in. I know mm -hmm. what my influences have been. I know what I put in and then what came after I put that thing in, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I, I'm, I'm gonna be out here screaming for my credit because again, nobody's screaming for my credit. So <laughs> I gotta yeah. scream for it. So right. that's kind of the thing. Like, you know, we'll t I'm, not gonna let, I'm not gonna let people forget. I'm not gonna let people uh, just push me to the side. And it's just like, oh yeah, and it's this guy too. Like, nah, bro, I'm gonna scream it. You know, and we'll we'll see what's good. So like, honestly, that's kind of a theme. Even on the uh, if you go back to sidewalk, uh, where the sidewalk ends, the album starts with "Forgot about it, nigga, huh?" Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you yeah, y'all y'all forgot, yeah. right? All right, watch, watch what we about to do and shit, right? I saw somebody post on Twitter today. Midas and Deli are the definition of consistency. Pay attention. And then so I saw somebody else post something along the lines of like. Man, these guys are like three for three, right? And I'm like, yeah, we we, but we've got to tell people that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's such a fast paced, yeah, run, bro. Like, I look yesterday, there were like 40 albums that came out yesterday. Yeah, you know, today, like, 
Mm-hmm. Shit, how are you supposed to live in that universe? You know what I'm right, saying? Right. But like, right. But the way to do it is you got to be a little outspoken. You got to scream a little bit, and you know that's that's kind of where I'm at. So if you hear like the, on this record, there's gonna be a, there's a lot of themes of like resurrection. You know, last pit. I'm back from the dead. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. shit like that because I just feel like it's important to constantly scream. Like, nah, I need y'all to pay attention over here because I think. You know, I know I'm doing crazy things with the pen, but like Delhi's doing crazy things with production. Like y'all yeah. should hear this. I don't think he's no worse than any of the producers that they drool about. So can we get some notoriety over here too? And he don't talk, so I gotta do all the talking for him. <laughs> Be his advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta scream it. He's the best. So I'm gonna scream it, you know, like mm-hmm. that. We'll do that. Towards the end of the album, there's a track called Must Be the Devil. Woo! I like that one too. I think it's the hook you're saying must be the devil got him on this track. You're describing a character. It sounds like, you know, going into details about like this person's traits, habits, behavior, the production includes samples of audio, someone talking about how, how folks kind of dismiss like heinous acts of violence and assassinations is like, must be the devil got him. Yeah. Instead of examining like context, which led to these violent acts. I'm, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about this track and like the idea behind it. Yeah, bro, like, so there's a couple of themes that are like things that I'm just interested in and fascinated by. One of them is resurrection, right? Like I've, I've always been fascinated by the concept of resurrection and life after death and what is, you know, were we here before our current selves and like, what was I, a mosquito? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, it, what and what will I be the next time, right? Like. Um, that's that's one theme that is probably in a lot of my stuff that you'll hear. But then also like the concept of just like, like we were just talking about writing, like just having like out of body experiences and like mm. just being like being possessed and things of that nature, right? But then, so like th- those are like loose themes that I that I that I probably uh, dive in a little bit, um, you know, often. But then to add to to that concept, it's like everybody's always looking for a reason and an excuse, right? So like the idea on this joint is like, yo, yo, Midas the Beast is ill, must must be the devil that got him, mm. you know? Like it can't just be that he's ill. It, yeah. it gotta be that he's he's gotta be possessed. It's gotta be the shoes, yeah. Yeah, it's gotta, right, it's gotta be the shoes, bro. It's gotta be, it's gotta be some, some out of, you know, it's gotta be some other shit. Cause like, bro, he can't be that crazy, like just on his own and, yeah. You know, so the the character I'm describing is like, nah, peep this guy. He's wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is what he do, and that's a nod to like, um, that's a nod to like MF Doom, mm. uh, you know, and and the way that Doom writes, you know, Doom will write from that third person and tell that story. Yeah, like you yeah. know, Doom's always telling a story about Doom. Right. You know, he's always like, let me tell you about this guy named Doom. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Every like I was I was listening to Doom with somebody and they were like, Yeah, he just raps, like he's not really and I was like, No, he's always telling a story about Doom. Like every song is a, is is a is a comic book page about Doom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of that with with, with with Midas. Like, I mean, let me tell you about this guy named Midas, bro. He's 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 bugged out, you know what I'm saying? So must be the devil kind of sits on that. Must be the devil's also the last thing that we uh did for the album. Um the album was done. Like it was done, done. We had the full track list. It was, it was good. We were locked in, and then Delhi sent that beat through, and I was like, oh my god, that probably should go on the album. I'm just happy that when I recorded it, he, I didn't say shit. When I recorded, it, he was like, we got to put this on the album. I was like, okay, good. 
Because <laughs> I was I was thinking the same thing. So no fight. Yeah, it was there, the last man. joint, but it, it it's a good it's a good joint that's on there. Yeah, for sure. You already talked about voices. That track stood out to me as well. And actually, you describing the conditions in which you wrote the majority of this kind of put that song in a different context for me. But mm. to me, it sounded like the most vulnerable track on the album. You're describing what sound what seems like a struggle, like feeling lost. Yeah. Hearing voices. Yeah. It made me think of someone struggling with mental health. Yeah. And the question that came to my mind is like, is this a personal experience that you're speaking from or something else? Nah, honestly, this is going to sound like a way less cool version of answering that because <laughs> you framed it really well. Like, I wish I could be like, yeah, bro. Like, see what happened was, but nah. I, I'm o- a- I overthought it, didn't I? Nah, but honestly, like, that's love. Like that means that I did my job, you know what I'm saying? Which is yeah. more than anything, I'm a creative writer. So if you go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, bro, when I hear a beat, I'm just trying to tell the story. Yeah. You know, to me, what I wrote on voices is the story of that instrumental. Like, I don't think you could write anything else on that instrumental. Like mm-hmm. it sounds painful. Yeah. You know? So you gotta write something. Now, with that being said will I consciously and or subconsciously pull from things that I've been through and emotions that I have? I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? I I can't, I can't really call it and be like, yeah, this line, like, yeah, I was, this is about this. I mean, maybe so, but like not off the top of my head. The other thing about voices, this is going to make the, this is going to make voices super less cool to you. I kind of don't even want to tell you, but, um, (laughs) so the second verse is just the first verse backwards. I don't know if you peeped that on there. Same, same, like literally, you're just- Literally, every re- single word. There's no extra word, there's no different word. It's just backwards. It's every like line backwards. Okay. I picked up on the repetition, repetition. Yeah. But I don't think I put together that it's actually so it's just like, backwards. It's spoken side, have me spoken side, when I, and then backwards, it'll just, it's just running it uh, the other way. Yeah. So now, super creative, right? Not really. Cause like what I, what I did was I wrote it and I loved it. I loved it. I loved the verse. I was like, this is exactly the vision and the feeling that I was going for. Like, and then I was tired and I was like, yeah, I can't think of another thing to do on this. Mm. And I was like, but it needs, I need another one. And I was like, how long can I keep this same cadence? Like, I can't just do this cadence forever. Like it's what the fuck, you know, like I'm running out of words for this particular cadence. And I was like, or <laughs> I could just say it again. <laughs> and then I was like, but backwards. And I was like, I, you know, I'm out here. So yeah. that was that was the solution to that <laughs> issue. Yo, I, I feel like though you being tired also sort of embodies part of the feeling. Uh, in you know what? I, I agree. I agree. I yeah. agree. It wore me, real talk, right in that first wore me out. Hmm. I was like, fuck, bro. Like, and I'm yeah. not a, I'm not an emotional writer. It's funny, you'll hear a lot of these joints, you might assume so. I'm not. Like, I don't write and be like, oh man, that took a toll on me. Or like, hmm. or like, I don't be walking around like, man, I gotta get this off my chest. Or like, me and my girl don't break up. And then I'm like, I gotta go talk about this. None of that is how I write. Okay. Like, I write yeah. purely on a creative, like, high. Writing is always fun for me. It's never 
I'm never stressed writing. I, I'm never sad writing. Mm. Like that's writing is fun for me. Like mm. the moment it stops being fun, like I'll do some other shit that is fun. I'll jump on the Xbox or some shit. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, this one did wear me out as far as like just the structure of it, and the, and 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 I was just like I got to a point where I was like I don't know what else to say. Yeah. But like if I were to continue, I needed to be like this, and I don't know what else to say like this. Yeah. So that's kind of where the idea came from, but I, you know, I think it, I think it worked out. Yeah, it doesn't make it less cool for me. So okay, all right. Sometimes <laughs> when you hear the, the 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 behind the scenes of these shits, to be like, really, that's what that's what the fuck, like, yeah. Cause you be having like all types of ill ideas for shit. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Know, did it? It didn't happen that way. Well, it right? gets to mean something different to me too, right? I mean, that's the great thing about about good art is that yeah, you know, it's open to interpretation to some extent. So. But to that to that point of how you say that and it's open to interpretation, like why I'm so open and willing to tell all the stories about these because it is open to interpretation. Like I don't think I do I do feel like I am a vessel, and by by being a vessel, my interpretation may not be the 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 correct or the only one. Mm. Like I mean, it came from me, but did it really? Like I don't know. Mm. So you know, it could be mm. however you. However you take it might be the way, you know what I'm saying? Like that might yeah. be its intended purpose. I had told it, yo, right quick, bro, I'm gonna fuck you up. So I had this kid call me. This was like 10 years ago. Okay, so I knew him through a girl. It was this kid that used to work at a, uh, uh, you know them, um, them survey centers where like they'll call you to do like surveys on like, yeah, 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 yeah. they'll give you like 50 bucks and, and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. So he was like a manager at one of them spots and he was a hip hopper, but he used to fuck with this girl that I knew. Mm -hmm. So I knew him. She set me up to go in there and get a couple, get a couple dollars, right? Yo, I know homeboy. He'll get you in there. Even if you don't qualify, he'll make you qualify. He'll get you 50 bucks, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, when I had met him, he was cool. Like, he was cool. That mud, he was cool. He was a hip hop kid. He was like, he was like from New York and shit. He, he was, he was the manager be out on Thames and shit. He was cool. Um, he's, he's since passed away, rest in peace. But before he, like a year, a year or two before he passed away, um, cause he, I, he used to call me all the time to come in there and I would, I would always go in there and get money. I did like a, a, a lottery survey. I never fucking, I don't, I don't do, I don't gamble. I did a, I did a, I did a, 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 a cat food survey. I don't have any fucking cats. You know what I'm saying? So like he was used to hold me down. So one day I get a phone call from him. Mind you, all me and him have ever talked about is surveys and shorty, right? I mean, he knows I rap, but we've never talked about this, right? So one day he sends me, he calls me. I see his name pop up. I'm like, yo, peace. And he's like, yo, man. I just got to, yo, you got a minute? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what's the survey? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a long survey? Like, we're gonna do some bread, yeah. yeah. And, and he goes, he goes, yo, bro, like, I just want to tell you how powerful your words are. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yo, I've been a fan for like this many years. I'm like, word? Like, mm. I didn't even know that you knew. He's like, bro, I've been to shows. I used to come out to your shows. Like, Oh, shit. I knew none of this, right? Hmm. And he was telling, so I'm blown away just the fact that he, that somebody's paying attention. And right. He goes, he goes, and this was during an era when I was real down on 
you know, I was on one of the downs of the of the of the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was after, you know, I was I was surging, and then I was flat, and I was like, "What am I out here doing, bro?" Like, you know, and that call really jazzed me up. And one of the things that he said on that call, which I always hold very dear, is he goes, you know, because I was telling him like, "Yeah, bro, I'm not even." Re-. He's like, "When's the next album?" I was like, "I ain't even working on no albums, bro. Like, I'm just out here." He goes. That's he, yo. This is from a dude that's not my man to say this to me. He goes, That's real selfish of you. Mm. And I was like, What? He's like, It's real. He was like, Yo, you're too nice to not create. He goes, What am I supposed to do? Mm. And I was like, What do you mean? He goes, I look forward to this shit. This shit does something for me. Wow. So he was like, This shit that you do is not for you. And I was like, Damn, that shit fucked me up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, so going back to what you were saying, like, I don't look at it. I don't think it, I don't, I don't, it's, it's the creation of it is for me. Right. Like that's my, that's my therapy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But once it's created, it's not for me anymore. Yeah. You know? Like you were that's saying fair. earlier, once it's out there, yeah. it's out there. Yeah. It's not, it's yours now to yeah. do what you do with it. Hold on, stop, stop. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? If you could sort the sky like a bird, would you be disturbed to see brothers on the curb smoking herb and costing a third? Precent rushing like a herd, charged with delinquent with possession. Beat them and arrest them, strip search them, then undress them. Make the youngster come in and sign a confession. Or would you watch the cop in the chopper with the high power binocular cameras attached to the bottom of his aircraft, taking photographs of your lab? Pointing a 50 millimeter 500 shot magazine, full clip that at your back. Covering the project, spotlight shining bright. A moving targets, infrared light at night on dark objects. Harassing citizens who hasn't been charged yet. Every episode, we ask our guests to uh, pick an album that is either a favorite or has been influential, a personal classic, something like yeah. that. Uh, so tonight, we're talking about Gravediggers. We're talking about their second album, The Pick, The Sickle, and The Shovel. You initially gave us two options, Rock Marcy's Reloaded. Yeah, and, and Mad Villainy. Oh, Mad Villainy, okay. Yeah, um, Reloaded and Mad Villainy, yep. But Gravediggers was, was the, I guess, the third one in that yep. in that list. So yep. what is it about this album that made it come to mind? Uh, I have probably, you know, I mean, I have my, like everybody does, I have my top five albums and, all that type of shit. And if I'm going to go live on an island, what albums I'm going to bring with me, you know, everybody has those fun conversations and I've got that shit too. Um, Gravediggers is not, this is not one of my island albums, but it is one of the, it's one of the, what I call the Midas albums, you know, like I got a couple like um, Reloaded is, 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 I feel like Rock Marcy made Reloaded just for me, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like nobody else was considered when he was creating Reloaded. Like, I think he was like, I feel like somebody was like, yo, bro, there's this kid in Orlando. Like, you should make an album for him. And he's like, oh, I got it. Just the idea. <laughs> and then Reloaded came to be. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel about um, the Pick the Sickle and the Shovel to some extent. And also like like that second Onyx album. Like, um, mm. 
know mm-hmm. like there's just certain albums that it's like that's made for me bro like, yeah yeah Y'all, y'all yeah. were really tapping into my sensibilities about like the way I hear music when y'all mm. were creating this. So the pick, the sickle, and the shovel, like, so out of the Wu-Tang Clan, this is going to sound crazy. I'm a big Wu-Tang fan, but the RZA was my favorite MC in the Wu. Wow. Okay. Um, really? Early, early on. So my favorite MC of all time is Raekwon. He didn't okay. become my favorite MC until Vatican era, like when he was about to start doing... Cuba Links 2, like yeah, wow. The, the lead up to Cuba Links 2 was when I really became a huge Raekwon like wow. studier, right? But for the most of like my formulative years, my childhood and teenage years and shit, like I was a RZA fan. Like RZA was my favorite rapper in the wow. group, huh. which is a lot to be said because I mean, goddamn, there's the greatest rappers of all time are in the group. You right. know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> there's Method Man, there's Ghostface, there's Ray, there's Jizza, like. It's crazy, but I just thought Rizzo was, I, I was so intrigued by his science. I was intrigued by the science. I was intrigued by the delivery. You know, I was so blown away by like, yo, this dude's off beat and on beat at the same time. Like, how is this even possible? Yeah. Now, coming from me, I write so on beat, like not so on pocket. Like I I, I, I play with pockets, right? But like, like I'm a I'm I'm a soul I'm a soul singer right so like I'm on beat <laughs> did a motherfucker Rizzo be I I can't be off beat I don't know how to do it yeah you know what I'm saying like I, I was talking with Planet Asia the other day he does this trick when he writes where you when I tell you and you peep it you'll die or you you'll you'll probably start to peep it too Planet Asia will rhyme two things together that don't rhyme and it's bugged out mm-hmm. how he does that yeah he'll say we was drinking out the glasses I showed up in the spot and we was having uh, and we was eating Cheetos. And I'll be like, how did you just put <laughs> Cheetos and glasses together, bro? Like, those two things don't rhyme at all. They don't even, but but you hear it and it all makes logical sense. And it's like a mind fuck to me how he does that. Yeah. Every time he does it, I'm like, I'm so like with it, I can't even do it. Like, I can't do it. Like, I, it doesn't yeah. work for me. Same thing kind of like with the RZA, like, how he'll jump in and out. I'm fascinated by how he does that because I can't do it. Like, I can't understand it. I don't know how your brain works that way. Like, it's wild. So I was a huge uh, RZA fan for those real two reasons of just like the science and then just like the cadence. Now, he his his style has since gone off the, <laughs> off the rails, but yeah. like for the stretch of like 93 or 94 through forever, like, He's rhyming at a, a god level to me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's doing amazing things. So, and then and then what he was talking about, like nobody else in rap was talking about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, right. You listen to a song like Twelve Jewels, like nobody's doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, on the corner of my block, there stood this old man, a black immigrant from the land of Sudan, who used to tell stories to the children in the building, but never had a dollar to keep his pockets filled in. He bombed, you know, Deuteronomy, the science of astronomy, but didn't know the basic principles about economy. Mm. I told the wise man, don't play the role of a fool. The first thing a man must obtain is 12 jewels. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding to help you achieve. Free- I'm going, bro, I'm, I'm. 14. I'm like, what is happening? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, fucking yeah. brain is exploding right now. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, like, that was the introduction for me of, like, really wanting to get into that record. And, and we'll, we could talk a lot more about that record because there's more. But, like, that was the impetus is this. I was such a RZA 
stand for that particular style of RZA because RZA had a few different styles, right? Like yeah. you got your Bobby Digital style of of right. big boy superhero shit. You got your you got your Wu Tang chop your head off style. You know what I'm saying? And then you've got like the Cure scientist style, mm-hmm. and like he didn't pull that out all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like in my estimation, you probably get that RZA the most on this record. I would agree. Yeah, and then. Probably on Wu Tang Forever, mm-hmm. um, and that's about it. You know what I'm saying? You probably get it. You get it in little pieces here and there. Other than that, yeah. So this album is kind of special because it's it's a lot of my favorite version of RZA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember if you said this when you were talking about him earlier, but when he was when he rhymes, does he paint pictures for you then too? Like, does he create visual worlds for you too? Uh, it's a good question. Um, Nah, I don't know that he did that for me that much. Um, you know, Ray and Ghost really did that for me coming out yeah, of the yeah, situation. Yeah. Like, they were real visual. Like, I just did yeah. a podcast the other day talking to somebody about the Hilton, the Ghostface joint, and just how ridiculous that fucking story is and, like, how visual it is. And, like, you see, like, yeah. everything Ghost and Ray say is, like, oh yeah, car- it's like a cartoon, everything that they say, right? Doom is another one. Like it's like a cartoon. Everything that he says. Yeah. RZA. It was just more like I felt like I was under the learning tree of like the smartest guy on earth. Like, <laughs> like yo, you know everything. I know nothing. And can I just listen to you and like understand things? <laughs> yeah. So that was more the energy of 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 kind of being a big RZA fan. Yeah. Okay. Does that explain why you picked the second album over the first album? Yeah, because the first album is just like it's that it's way horrorcore shit. Yeah. Which the first yeah. album is fire. Yeah, like let's not get it fucked up. But that that didn't move me though. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like this moved me. Now another thing that moved me on this record is the production, which we'll we'll talk about um, too. But the advanced, not just from RZA, because Fruquan and Poetic, they all the, there's advanced lyricism on this record. This, to me, from from my sensibilities, this is one of the most quote unquote lyrical albums I've ever heard. Mm. Um, from my sensibilities, so that's kind of the, the deal right there. Like, so we boom, you start the album with um, uh, what's the first joint on the album? The title, uh, the joint, Dangerous um, Minds. Dangerous Minds. You start the album with Dangerous Minds, right? The rhymes on Dangerous Minds are insane. I. When I first heard Dangerous Minds, I never heard nobody rapping like that. Poetics verse on Dangerous Mind is crazy. Yo, I got stress on my brain. It causes chest pains inside the best frames. Ghetto blood cops. It's caused by slug shots at drug spots. But if you're too poor to move out or get a new house, it's like living in a war, walking through shootouts. And you doubt God exists when hard fists be pounding on your head like jackhammers. You're trapped in the black drama. You hear the laughter. Seconds after that, you fade out. You're played out. You're laid out. Your heart nearly gave out. You're lucky that you made out with just a few scars when the bleeding ends. The streets let you breathe again. But evil men will soon be on the receiving end of universal law. I'm calling on the meek and the poor to fight back and never forfeit. Today you have to go to war with forces that are on the pawn of seven continental borders. A mental fortress is essential to absorb this. My sword hits the human orb until it orbits. In the art of war, kids see grim reek be morbid. Sent pieces of the lost civilization in the past at my photograph etched Side of pyramids to laugh at this revelation without 365 days of concentration and 24 hour meditation would be foolishly pagan. Like it's out of control as far as just 
and you doubt God exists when black fists be pounding on your head like black drama, you caused in the black drama. You hear the laughter seconds after that, you fade out, you made out, your heart nearly gave out. You're lucky that you made out with just a few scars when the beating ends. The streets uh, let you breathe again. Mm -hmm. The evil men will soon be on the receiving end. Like he said, like the, the it was a mix between the visual of what he's saying, but the structure of what they were doing. Yeah. So like when you, like how I learned how to write, I learned how to write listening to stuff like this going, okay. but evil men will soon be on the receiving end. Like, okay, I see how he, I seen the puzzle pieces he just put together right there. And that 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 was like a little bit of my education hmm. as far as being able to rhyme. The rhymes on this album all the way through are crazy. I always thought Poetic was so dope. Oh my God, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good, so good. Like, you know, rest in peace, rest in peace Poetic. The joint that he got where he's describing his uh, his ailment, his sickness. You ever heard that joint? Mm -mm. Oh um, man, y'all got to do y'all homework on that one. He got a joint with. Um, the, is that on the the third Grave Diggers album? Nah, it's not. It's a it's a it's not even his song. It's a song with. Uh, it's called one. It's called One Life. Okay. Hold on. Uh, Last Emperor. So it's the Last Emperor record. Oh, okay. All right. Called One Life, and I will tell you, it is one of the most like. That that is if there's any record that you would listen to and it would make you cry, that's the one. Mm. Mm. Like he's in he goes into excruciating detail painting the picture of the disease that he had and the ailment and how it made him feel. Like I remember I thought about that record when I was um going through chemo and I was like, I will never enter a chamber where I'm telling my feeling in that much detail. Like yeah. it was so riveting, you know what I mean? So yeah. he's he was a phenomenal writer. Yeah. Like I would have loved to read his poetry and just he was just a phenomenal writer. And Fu Quan uh was a phenomenal writer as well. But then, you know, mm -hmm. Rizza, Rizza, I mean, it's no, it's no it's no like shock to me that Rizza is who he is today and doing the things that he does today because Rizza's an orator. You know what I'm saying? Even if he's not the great um lyricist today that he once was what he's graduated to is just being he's a phenomenal orator bro rizza can stand in front of a room and command the audience with talking you know what i'm saying and this album is 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 there's a lot of that on on dangerous minds where he's like feet resembles christ's description from the bible water walker immune to all physical torture pull out faster to porsche upon a double crosser my penis rise up in the morning like a phoenix and blast iron cells into a low-blooded mimic. Who says that? Yeah, that's that's that is crazy. Yeah. Into a low-blooded mimic? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like this he's from outer space, bro. Like yeah. what are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's that that's the type of shit that kind of lured me in. The first Grave Diggers album, I love it, but like, you know, when am I ever in the mood for that shit? Like It's different. Yeah, like it's completely different. Like, when am I ever in the mood to like be killing everybody? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> well, that's I actually like that because sometimes right? in the mood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like these motherfuckers is you know Shabazz is saying he's seeing the image of a demon. I'm like, yo, I don't know when I'm ever in the mood to be like <laughs> on that kick. You know what I'm saying? But like, but this shit and it was weird, right, for me because when they I remember when the announcement for the second Grave Diggers album came out. I just remember being like, okay, I know what Grave Diggers sounds like. So yeah, I know what I'm getting into here. And it was such a radical departure from like what I thought I was going to listen to 
but in a way, in a direction that I was glad that it went. You, mm. know, you know what I'm saying? Just because mm. it was very spiritual. You know what I'm saying? That album's very uh, pick is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because the second album plays to RZA's sensibilities, while the first record plays to Prince Paul's sensibilities. Yeah. Right. And that's that's kind of the dichotomy there. The second album sounds much more like a Wu Tang affiliate album. Oh yeah, than it's a Wu Tang album to me. Yeah, like, that's it a, for sure is. It yeah. So I have a take. It might be controversial. I have two controversial RZA takes. One centers around this record. The reason why we never got the Cure is because this album is the Cure. Mm. Like to me, this is the Cure. Yeah. To me, this is what the Cure would sound like. Take off Poetic and Fruquan and have RZA do all the raps, and like this is the Cure. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right here. Yeah. My other my other controversial RZA take has nothing to do with this album, but it's uh, that Liquid Swords is the first RZA solo album. Yeah. You're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to say more. Yeah. Can this. you can you go into that? So right quick, right? So like I feel like Liquid Swords is the is the album RZA always wanted to make for himself. Mm. Uh, but he just got Jizza to do the rapping instead of him. <laughs> Right. And if you hear, if you hear Jizza talk about that record, he says stuff like, Yeah, I just laid the vocals and Rizza did everything else. Yeah. Like Rizza put that album together. That was like a fine tooth like construction uh from the Rizza, where the Jizza was in my mind, the Jizza was more like the conduit for this idea that the Rizza had, versus it being like how I approached writing uh, Devil's Playground, right? Like these are, like I feel like if Delhi would've came to me with this whole idea, yo bro, we're gonna do this album called The Devil's Playground. I'm gonna do all these religious samples. Like that, that's his album, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm the conduit for your idea. Right, right, right. right? And, I, and I feel like in that, like Riz is the Kung Fu fucking guy out of the group, bro. Mm. Like if you hear all these guys talk, like they all kind of like Kung Fu and shit. They're like down, but that's the fucking kung fu guy. Hmm. That's the nigga that you see on Wu Mountain with a gi on, learning stances and shit. We ain't never seen the rest of the motherfuckers do that, <laughs> right? So like, Riz is the one who cares about all that shit, right? Like, I feel like that album was like a. That's his to me. That sounds like the most Riza is thing hmm. that he's ever that that's ever come out of that camp. Even more so than Thirty Six Chambers to me. Wow. I think um, that sounds like, hey, if I was ever gonna make an album for myself, here it is. Hmm. I just, I just didn't rap on it. It's hmm. my take. That's Boom. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think I always connected the like kung fu samples just to like a woo thing in general. Like, like kept that thread through several of the their, yeah. their early albums. But I will say, like thinking about it sonically, but no, but no record has it more than that. One. That's true. You, you might be right. And and that that whole that whole idea is just RZA. Yeah, like that's not everybody else at all anyway. It's right, just right. him. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So that's kind of where that thought process would come from. But I'm sorry. Sonically, I think there are definitely you definitely have an argument. Like if I think of yeah. Fourth Chamber, for example, like that sounds like a RZA beat. Like Bro, that's a RZA yeah. track. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, gold. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like this, there's joints on there. Like RZA, because RZA was like a. That, and that's the other thing that, that I don't think people understand about RZA, which shapes the RZA that we see today. RZA is a is a rock is a rocker at heart. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you really so that's why he's fucking hanging out with all the white boys he's hanging out <laughs> with now. You know, yeah. RZA's a, but he's a rocker though. So like Fourth Chamber, 
All that sh- that's 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 RZA essence right there. Like you mm. see the way RZA dressed nowadays, like that's RZA, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a he's a he's a rocker. He likes hard edge shit. Like because to me, Liquid Swords is also I know we're in t- Liquid Swords talk right quick, but to me, Liquid Swords is also like the it's it's a gr- that's a grunge album. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that's a that's not a it's the it's the most for lack of a better word that I can't find right now. It is the most like all my white boy homeboys like Liquid Swords. It's their favorite. Res- it's their favorite Wu Tang album. Yeah, like Cuban Links is not their favorite Wu Tang album. Mm. They like Liquid Swords. Liquid Swords sounds like a rock album. Wow. This is why this is why Jizz is on tour, always doing it with a band. Yeah, he's coming to Philly later. This always month. Always do it. He doesn't do it without a band. It's a rock album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the, the 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 thought process on that for me. So wow. I thought about that a lot. Yeah, I'm going to listen to Liquid Swords now with a different ear, which I didn't expect to happen as a result of this conversation. So yeah, yeah. going back to uh, going back to the pick, the sickle, the shovel, I always get those yeah. out of order. Is that the right order? Yeah. All right. You mentioned the spiritual references. Yeah. Is it just a coincidence that we're talking about this album on the day that you released The Devil's Playground? You know what, man? Out of body experiences, bro. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is a coincidence, but you know, everything happens on God's time. So it's probably not a coincidence, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? At the same time, I was, and still am really, I've never been extremely religious. My 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 mother, my mother had me when she was 17, um, you know, right when she turned 17, I was born. So I, I, her pregnancy was during her 16th year, right? So me and my mom, you know, I had a young mom, you know what I'm saying? And, we uh the beginning of my life was i mean she was still when i was born she was still in the streets mom's was was a thug you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. we was outside um well she was outside and i was outside by proxy right so (laughs) yeah so you know my mother wasn't like wow religious you know my grand my grandparents were very religious you know but my mother wasn't wow religious and you know we weren't i didn't spend a lot of time in church growing up and and stuff like that but but the dichotomy was my grandparents were on both sides. Uh, my grandmothers on both sides are extremely, uh, you know, Baptists and all that kind of stuff, right? So like Southern Baptists and all that type of stuff. So like when I would spend time with my grandparents, I would get like this heavy dose of like church. Yeah. And then like nothing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was a, it was an odd, it was an odd mix. So like I always was religion curious, mm. you know what I mean? Like. And then, of course, hip hop, you know, for us young black kids, like, this is how we're learning stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I was, you know, when you watch the Wu Tang on Hulu thing and they're talking about the impact that the five percenters had on the hood, just the fact that the five percenters was the the ones that was, you know, speaking life into these young black men and, and they didn't see life that way before these guys was telling them, you know, right. speaking to them. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have, any religious energy left, right, up or down, more so I had questions. Mm. And listening to an album like The Pick the Sickle and the Shovel was having was giving me questions that I could that I was in turn having conversations with my grandma, like, yeah, but he said, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like what about this though, Ma? And she, you know, I think one thing that hip hop did for me as a kid, and I don't think it does it as much 
not just not just from like what's created. I think there's still a lot of really good stuff being created that could do it. It's just that there's so much and the way we consume and all that's very different. Like music for me was I didn't understand it and it it but it stroked the the gene of like wanting to understand it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like I didn't know what Rizzo was talking about, but I wanted to know what Rizzo was talking about. Yeah. Like, right. What is what is what is that word? What does this mean? Like it sounds cool. I don't even know what he's saying, but I think it's cool. I think oh I think that's profound. I don't know if it's profound, but like I kind of want to know. So like this album was one that sparked a lot of religious curiosity in me. To that to the point that you made, there's a lot of tropes that I, you know, have taken from it and they still show up in my music um mm -hmm. years later. You said that you like the production on this better. Is that because it's it sounds like a woo album? Yeah, what specifically? It's you know what it is. It's it's because I I hear the gosh I, I I'm gonna not have the right words to say what I'm trying to say, but I hear the story, like it has that soundscape that I was talking. It has the rainy days thing, mm. right? Like that's in a lot of the tracks. There's strings and there's space mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's drums, but not maybe maybe not so much like overpowering where. It right. takes away from like the the visual aspect of right. just the music itself. Yeah. So like it's no it's no uh wonder to me why they wrote so vivid. Like when you have space, when you have space mixed with uh, a a visual sound, mm -hmm. you're gonna come up with wild shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you you need the space. And what I, what I say by space is like, sometimes, you know, some beats I get be so busy that there's no space for me to like, you know, it's like a, uh, it's like if, if you two were going on a date and I'm just like, yo, I'm, yo, I'm, I'm coming too. Right. And it's like, yo, like to do what, like, where you go, like, where are you going to sit? Like we in the two seater, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, no, 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 but I'll, I'll ride. I'll, Ain't I'll no ride. room. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a ride on the hood. Like I'm coming through. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like with a lot of songs, the MC is also on the joint, even if it's just what it'll be a beat and a rapper. But I feel like a lot of times the MC is like also on this song. Like there's a song mm -hmm. already. And then there's this guy on top of the song mm -hmm. and he kind of don't need to be there. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot going on over here already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, y'all, y'all, heard donuts. Does donuts need rappers? No. Donuts, donuts would not benefit from rappers. No. You know, from any rappers, there's nobody, right? And like, even right. when I hear like people rapping on donuts beats, I'm like, that those aren't the versions I like to listen to. You know, I just want to listen to, you know, donuts by itself, and that's because those beats are the song. That's that's the song, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was listening to that Madeline album, the one he dropped, uh, Sound Ancestors that he dropped last year. Mm. That that single, that that single's crazy. Whatever the single was, uh, is crazy, and it's like I don't need no rapper on it. Like if you put one on there, like this is already a song. So, you know, like this album, the the production has the space. I feel like what what made RZA a great producer, and he doesn't produce most of this record, right? Um, Fourth Disciple does a lot. True Master, it's, it's the elements that do most of this record. But I mean, they're, you know, it's all RZA Disciple shit. But I feel like what made RZA a great producer for MCs is that he was a great MC. 
Rizzo might not be the best producer ever, but he's really one of the greats for rappers. Like rappers want to rap to Rizzo beats. That tells you something. Rizzo is not from my conversations. Rizzo doesn't usually come up as one of the great producers of all time to producers. Producers talk Dilla, they talk Primo, they talk Pete Rock, they talk, yeah. right? They'll say RZA, they'll get to RZA, but it'll be a couple down the line, right? And then they've got all their qualms with RZA too. It wasn't quantized, shit was off beat. Uh, you know, they, they'll say all this shit about RZA as far as like why he's not Primo, right? Mm -hmm. But from a rapper standpoint, I think it plays a lot differently a lot of times when you talk to rappers about what beats they like because RZA made beats for rappers. Like he had 10 of them, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta, you gotta make beats that these guys want to rap on. Um, and I, I think he made, he understood that sensibility cause he wanted to rap on them. That's where I think the beats on this have, they have that perfect mix of space and, and vision. I think you're right about the rappers and producers and the appreciation of RZA. I feel like rappers do talk more about RZA. And I say, I, I'm I'm familiar with this conversation because all my best friends are producers. So <laughs> I'm always getting little, little brothered on like, man, shut up, man. Don't nobody want to hear that RZA shit. And I'm like, yo, bro, like <laughs> RZA be going crazy and shit, right? Like, you know, but like, I think, I think a lot of times produ producers look at it from a technical aspect. And I don't know that sure. RZA is not was never claiming to be the most technical producer. Right, ever. right. You know what I'm saying? RZA, RZA had an ill ear. And that was his best attribute as a producer is that he just knew what sounded dope. Yeah. Saying, it's so, all about atmospherics yeah. with RZA. Yeah. 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 And even though he didn't produce this record, like he oversaw it and his people produced it, right. I mean, he might as well have produced it. They're his right. protégés. Yeah, sure. yeah. I just have one more question. But it's a big question. Hopefully, we'll be able to condense the answer to this question a bit. But, uh, you know, we, we referenced this earlier. You co-host a podcast with Sean uh, Kantrowitz called Making Illmatic. It's a series yeah. on the Questions podcast. Yeah. Uh, on that show, you guys pick an album and you uh, reduce it down to 10 tracks and you debate whether that makes it better or worse. So I kind of thought it might be fun to do something similar with Ooh. with this album but okay but maybe just maybe we'll just talk about or get your opinion on uh, this album has 15 tracks are there five tracks that you would take off this album oh uh, yeah i don't here's what's funny as much as i love this record i play i don't play them all um mm. there's I, there, you know i have the the joints that i love like i super love and i think like that's the they drive my love for this album is the ones that I love, 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 love. Yeah. The ones I don't care for, like, I could do without. So uh, let me pull up the track list right quick. So you were saying five songs? Yeah, that gets us down to 10. You don't need the intro. Right. You also don't need the outro. That's, that's, um, those, so those, are, those are givens. Yeah. 13. Oh, man. Actually, now that I'm looking at it. So man. now's where it gets hard. No, actually, yeah, because. I just said all that bullshit about how much I don't listen to all these songs, and now I'm looking at the track list, and I'm like, I love every song on here. <laughs> I would, oh man, all right. I'm cutting the bomb. Mm. It hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I'm cutting the bomb. I'm cutting. Never gonna come back. I never much cared for that one. Okay. I'm cutting. I gotta cut one more. One more, yeah. I'm cutting fairy tales. Mm. It, it'd be between fairy tales and unexplained 
and I would lean on fairy tales. Okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely am with you on never going to come back. I, yeah, that's I, my least played joint on the whole album. Yeah. The bomb is interesting, though. Man, that really feels like a RZA beat to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a RZA beat. It's a, that's a true master beat. Right. But but it does feel, it feels like it could have been on Wu-Tang Forever. Yes. I think that song is not one of my favorites because I don't love the hook. Mm. Where they're just saying the bomb over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> the bomb. <laughs> the bomb. Like, I, you know, yeah. uh, I, I can do without that one, just from the hook standpoint. Yeah. And, Riz, and RZA doesn't rap on that one. He doesn't rap on a lot of the album, to to be honest. Mm-hmm. He probably raps on like four or five songs. But he also has the only, I think 12 Jewels is the only like solo track right. on here, right? Yeah, yeah, 12 Jewels is the only solo uh, cut for sure. But he doesn't, he doesn't rap on it a lot. Uh, he, he does, he does, I guess. But that, uh, the he doesn't, he's not on that one. So, but yeah, the bomb would go. Never gonna come back and go. Fairy tales is interesting because that's that Khalees feature. Right. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's like early Khalees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It 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 definitely fits my like profile of like cinematic. It's very visual as far as like the music is concerned. And then they rhyme real crazy on it, like real off kilter. Like it's a it's a real oddly put together record. Yeah. But it's like almost too oddly put together. Yeah. You know, versus some of the other stuff that's on there. Yeah. Honestly, the singing on that track has always kind of bothered me. It always felt out of place on this record. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the Wu Tang guys, they were always trying to find like the super like soul singing chick that could just sing anything <laughs> and like yeah. But sometimes always, it worked and sometimes it didn't work as well. Right, right, right. Right. All right. I think I can live with those picks. Yeah, not too yeah. bad. That was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I love my favorite songs on there. Well, okay. So I also could have cut Deadliest Biz. I say that, but it's probably my least listened to song other than Never Gonna Come Back only because I never make it to Deadliest Biz <laughs> when I listen to the album. Yeah. Because I really like repentance day hidden emotions and what's going on in a row and like i kind of wish the album would have finished with what's going on mm. and then i just never make it to, like if delia's biz was earlier in the album, because i do think delia's biz is dope if it was earlier in the album it would probably get more burn for me but just kind of where it sits one of the things about doing making nomadic that's interesting is like i know that i listen to albums like i i, I don't know how you guys do but i i see an album top to bottom so like yeah. i see it that way and then i listen to it that way yeah so like it's really like a mind fuck for me to pull out pull, pull an album out and go to track 14. like i kind of have to start at track one i'm neurotic like that yeah, or at yeah. least early right. and yeah. work and work down yeah. and right. i just don't by proxy you just don't make it to some of the later joints right so right, right i'm always a little weird even when i put my albums together i'm weird about like track listing because i assume that that fatigue happens to other people too so like i don't want you to miss so like i try to backload albums real crazy so that you have to you have to get there well that brings up something uh e that you mentioned in our communication this week about the length of this album you know we kind of forget that back then like it was not uncommon for albums to be over an hour long when when today that is that's pretty rare and i don't think anybody i don't want to hear that anymore like your project is like 30 minutes that's perfect (laughs) i listen to the whole thing on my commute and i'm good yeah, I never want to hear another. Let me tell you, I never want to hear another hour long album. 
I never I never want to hear another three verse two hook song as long as I live. Like I'm good. <laughs> like I never need to hear that for the rest of my entire life. Yeah. So especially from one rapper. Oh my God. One person with three verses on a song. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I was listening to some Jay-Z shit the other day and I was like, like um, I think me and Sean were doing a black album. I'm like, he's got three verses on like every song. Like this is crazy. Yeah. Every song is six minutes way, long. That's the way it was. Yeah. Like six minute songs. What are we doing? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, especially for one rapper. Yeah. Like, you know, features you get, you get one guy, three verses. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's something that I'm not really that keen on, but yeah. Like, because back then you were, you were trying to pack that listening time on that CD. Right. It was a little different back then. That's something that comes up for me routinely. When we do these shows, people pick albums from the nineties and just like, yo, this is so long. I, I like this, but I can't sit through all of it. Just can't do it. You also have more time back then because we were younger. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, that's I true. Just, I'm too, I'm too no, busy to listen yeah, to an hour long album. All, all yeah. of that, all of that was a factor. Like, you know, well, they're also dropping albums like every three years as opposed to every right, six so you, months. You had time. Right. You had time to say what I, yeah. And, and one more factor to that same point that you both are making, there were less, com- there was less competition. Right. right. Not everybody was putting out an year. album. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yo, when I saw, I saw the, I saw some post on Twitter or somebody posted on Twitter, like the best albums that came out today. And I saw this list and I was like, You've got to be fucking kidding me. You mean to tell me 30 fucking albums came out yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> That's in the same, competed for the same audience that I'm competing for? What yeah. the fuck? That's like wild. Now imagine all those albums were an hour long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and also imagine that next Friday there'll be 30 more. Yeah, right. That's right. what it will be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is why you've got Crazy. to... You've got to dig so far into just doing music that's you. Yeah. You can't be influenced because there's too much. Way there's, too much. There's too much, bro. Like the only way my record is gonna stick out is if it's uniquely me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That's the only right. thing that it's got. If it's got any of that other shit in it, it ain't gonna stick out because there's so much of that already out there. So that's that's kind of my 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 take on it. But yeah, it, back then this this could have been the only hip hop album that dropped that week. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, 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 then, sure. and then, and then, and then, and in a couple of weeks, the next shit could have been De La Soul, which sounds nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. Like, right. Something it's not completely different for those for those ears. So mm-hmm. that yeah. that was the difference. And to your point, they worked on albums for two, three, four Took years. Took their time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 cutting songs out of these albums that you work on for four or five years is rough. Mm-hmm. I know. So. Yeah. You be packing every shit on there. You don't know if you're gonna release another album. You mm. know if the label gonna drop you. Like you don't know none of that. Yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You just they would just pile in all the fat, which is what allows for us to do making nomadic because they would bloat these fucking albums like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just to give everything. Well, Midas, thank you so much for your time. This has been great. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Great combo. I, I, I had a lot of fun, man. I, I love the interviews that are just like conversations. So yeah, yeah. that's what we aim for. Too. You guys took angles that I haven't, you know what I mean? Like, boy, some of these interviews be struggles to get through. <laughs> like, they be struggles. Because they're not, like, engaging. You know, you guys are really you guys are really good at this. And Thank as, you. And as a team. 
So yeah, thank yeah, you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Very love, nice. Love, love, uh, love uh, going back and forth with you guys a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. This is great. Is there anything you want folks to know about uh, where to find the album, what to look out for? Yeah, uh, MidnightSocietyMusic.net. Um, it's Bandcamp Friday. I'd like more people to buy it today. That'd be phenomenal. Kind of fucked up. I probably should have just dropped it on Bandcamp and then kept it off the streaming for a couple of weeks. That would have been nice. I guess if I would have known it was uh, Bandcamp Friday, I might have played that hustle a little bit more. But Because, uh, like, why would you buy it? You could just listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> but, but nah, um, MidnightSocietyMusic.net. And just, you know, keep your eyes open. We're going to be pumping this. There's like four more videos coming out. We got a video for Last Pit. We got a video for Voices. We got a video for Weight and Water, amongst some other things. Uh, and then there's more albums on deck. I was actually supposed to have two albums drop on the same day, but one of them got pushed back, which is the Gold Chain album. Nice. Was supposed to drop yesterday, but I think I think we're dropping it next week. Okay. Mm. Of course, you know, Gold Chain, uh, Planet Asia's uh, mm. conglomerate of artists that I'm a part of. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're we're dropping the Gold Chain group album probably next week. Um, and then me and Planet Asia have a, a, a two-man album that we just completed. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, with production from Sharp and from Delhi and Bizarrism. Um, oh. uh, nice. That's, that's, that's real crazy. Yeah. I'm not really sure when that's coming out, but it's it's recorded. It's all recorded. So we're mm. working on that, getting that finished up. I got I got an album with um, Saddle Gold. Uh, okay. The tuck, the yeah. Tuck that we uh, we're that's mixed and mastered and everything. And we're just finalizing artwork to get that ready to bust out. Uh, got an album with this cat uh, with my man uh, Michelangelo, produced by Michelangelo. Hmm. That's in the tuck that we gonna bust out with. Got uh, got another my next my next project with Sharp is on deck. That's that's coming. Me and Delhi got the follow up to this. That's finished already. Mm -hmm. uh, that's in the tuck. So. There's a lot of, you know, I'm hoping to drop a couple more of these projects this year. Yeah. Okay. You know, realistically, I don't know. I, I've got like six albums, seven albums in the tuck. I don't know that seven albums are coming out this year, but right. Uh, we'll try to get a couple of them out and then the rest of them will come out when they do. Mm, I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. The, the key is to not date yourself in the raps. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So can, yeah, make, yeah, it, yeah. make it timeless. Yeah. 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 I, I learned my lesson. So, like, you will not hear any raps about what year it is. I stay away from current events. <laughs> <laughs> These shits can come out whenever, bro. Yeah. <laughs> smart, smart plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're, a lot of stuff uh, upcoming. Up. Yeah. Right. I'm right. forward to it. Look out. Well, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. This has been The Next Movement. Thanks for listening. Peace. Screw it. Truth is it won't happen unless I rise and do it. I was tired of losing. Prep myself to handle any spy removing. No surprises. Who was in disguise of Judas? Huh? My conclusion is my secludedness. Seeming too intense for the music biz. So I... Rolls a middle finger to the shit, I was too legit, huh? I ain't lying when I'm playing rhyming, I ain't trying to be the guy to start a movement. Look, what I'm doing can't be duplicated, that's the deli stated when the loop stated we was graded. Looking back, them niggas never made it. That's probably why I actually only feel the love when the buzz is that niggas hate it. Huh? You have uh, basic ingredients that you can work with. And uh, they are, of course, your words and your music. You also have to have an idea. You have to have uh, images.